Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for November 29th, 2020. The first Sunday of Advent in Year B, Bruce. Happy Liturgical New Year. How are you? I'm good. B for Bruce. <laughs> it's all. I've been waiting up, years to say that. <laughs> it's all coming up Bruce, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah. Um, welcome to the new year. Um, uh, uh, obviously, um, everything is all the same in the rest of our lives. But, hey, in the lectionary world, uh, we are... We are we are on to a new path. We are into Advent, which is uh, which is an exciting season. So, um, a little bit of a change of pace might take a little bit of time for us to get uh, acclimated. I feel because uh, we've kind of um, uh, our 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 attention has been quite dominated this year and in, in other things. So maybe it might might take a little while to to get into the Advent feel. But I was going to uh, say, if there's any year that needed two New Year's Days, it's this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really hoping that that, that this will um, kind of push us into uh, a, a new feeling. Uh, we've got we've got Thanksgiving coming up here soon. We've got uh, Christmas. We've, this is this is a, a a happy time that we're pushing into. So right, um, right. So yeah, yeah. Let's let's hope that the, that it works. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't right. know about you, but this year ain't working for me. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I, Bruce, I would like to hurry into the word of the day because I actually want to do two. I'm going to okay. do one. Uh, I'm going to do one that I think some people will will kind of know and remember, and we'll we'll t- talk about it briefly. Uh, and then I want to do another one that is a very common word, but it has an interesting story. And not story. It has an interesting definition behind it that I want to get into. So um, your first word is stigmata. Oh, okay. Those are the marks in um, Jesus's hands and ankles from the crucifixion. Um, we use it most commonly when... They appear in uh, human today. Yeah. And the most famous person to have them would be St. Francis at the end of his life. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So uh, it, it, it's uh, worth pointing out that uh, um, self-inflicted wounds in these manner are, are not stigmata. These they don't are, count. These are wounds that are um, believed to be... Uh, um, a special act of divine grace uh, from God. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's supposed to be a good thing, not a yeah, yeah. uh-oh thing. Right. And uh, um, I should point out that the end of this definition here on the, the dictionary says, the attitude of the church towards stigmata is guarded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a nice way to put it. Right, right, right. Right. Um, a, a little bit more prominent in... Uh, Catholic uh, um, circles, I believe, then. Yeah. It, it, I don't believe that the Episcopal Church has a um, strong feeling uh, in favor of stigmata, but I suppose I could be wrong. I, I have to admit, I am not aware of it being a part of Episcopal tradition beyond that which is brought in from our Roman Catholic roots. In other words, I've, I've never heard of an, of an Episcopalian 
um, having that gift, I guess, is the way I should phrase it. Right. Uh, but can't put anything beyond God. So I guess I would Which have a question. Which is my way of knocking yeah. on wood. <laughs> right, right. I guess I would have a question. It says, you know, self-inflicted wounds are not stigmata. But, like, if someone were to have uh, carpal tunnel surgery and uh, foot surgery, I mean, it's pretty close. So someone right? else was and inflicting it? <laughs> yeah, someone else inflicted it. Would that count? No. Oh, okay. All right. Well, um, yeah, not widely, uh, not not widely uh, witnessed, uh, as you pointed out. Uh, Saint Francis of Assisi uh, is the most notable. Uh, there are other stories about um, um, the such an appearance, but uh, it's a very rare um, kind of uh, interesting um, side. Uh, thing that <laughs> that, that yeah, apparently and it, has gone on i mean i always try to say something in favor of whatever the word of the day is and the thing the thing i can say about this is that it's it's supposed to symbolize a, the person being in great sympathy with the most downtrodden among them mm. which saint francis is famous for right but that's that's what jesus was doing on the cross was becoming in union with all humanity and mm -hmm. you know if any of us thinks we're not worthy of god's love we just have to look at the cross and know that jesus didn't look worthy of any love at that moment and right yet both was beloved and loved yeah 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 it's kind of like a sign that uh, you're doing you're actually doing god's work you're you're yeah yeah um whether or not it's true yeah, we, we we leave for other people. <laughs> yeah, could um, be a psychosomatic thing. I fully yeah. grant that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let me go over to another word uh, of the day, uh, just because that one was nice, short, and sweet. Uh, but uh -huh. um, today's second word is the daily sermon. double. Yeah, the daily double. <laughs> Answer um, sermon, which. Very common word. Everybody has uh, their idea as to uh, what that word means. But there's a really lengthy definition on this web, web page, uh, as sometimes does happen. And uh, there are aspects of their definition that I thought were important and interesting to point out. So first of all, I guess, uh, Bruce, what does sermon, uh, the definition of sermon mean to you? Like, how would you describe it? The Yeah, that, that that's a good question. Um for me, and you know, this is a my definition is watered down by thirty-five plus years of giving sermons. Um, it's an act of teaching during a liturgy that doesn't have to be a Eucharist; could be morning prayer, or evening prayer, or compline, or something like that. And usually is based on the scriptures of the day, but doesn't have to be, and can take in any number of topics. Um, that the preacher feels is relevant for the congregation in terms of hearing what God is saying to them. Hmm. Now, uh, let me ask you then in relation to that, what is the different uh, difference between a sermon and a homily? If I'm recalling correctly, and it's been decades since I've looked this one up, a uh, homily is usually at a Eucharist and is based very much on the scriptures. See, this is okay. This is why I wanted to get into it because uh, I, I found this to be uh, quite interesting. 
Um, but I will, I will pause a second as I as I uh, <laughs> find out where which one of these tabs I put this other uh, <laughs> definition in. So what I found interesting about that is homily is not defined on this website. It says really? see sermon, and the only thing that the sermon definition uh, does to address the word homily is it says uh, quote. A short sermon is often called a homily. So oh. according to the Episcopal Dictionary of the Church, which is, I don't know who necessarily runs this, uh, the Episcopal Church on 2nd Avenue in New York. Um, <laughs> so pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty reliable source. <laughs> um, and... Uh, but that's the only uh, 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 point of, of difference between sermon and homily, according to the dictionary, is that it's shorter. Um, the that, that used to be the joke when I was a kid. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, among the among the the acolytes and choir members and stuff, is that hopefully it's a homily, not a sermon, because the because the homilies are usually shorter, because the priest have, <laughs> has to do more work to do a homily. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can't just free associate. Uh, so right. I, I I call that into question, but it, I thought it's that, not I thought anything that I'm going to too. lose sleep over either. Yeah, I, I thought that interesting too because that was kind of my uh, my uh, my uh, uh, remembrance was that a homily was you know did have a, a, aspects of it that were that were uh, different as opposed to a sermon. But um, yeah, because I I remember being told like in confirmation class or something, every homily is a sermon, but not every sermon is a homily. Hmm. Interesting. Well, uh, the, anyway. the, there are other parts of the, the, the definition that I wanted to get into. And it says, uh, the sermon is, uh, a, a sermon is to break open and, and use in quotes, the word of God and proclaim the gospel in the context of the readings from scripture, the liturgical occasion, the congregation gathered and the pastoral needs of the situation, the Christian story, the congregation story and the preacher story can be the one story of God's love that is proclaimed in the sermon. Um, and uh, they, they define it as a religious address in a worship, which I thought was an interesting, yeah. um, interesting words and interesting phrases. They do go into like a whole uh, historical, para giant historical paragraph about like, uh, you know, um, it being a regular part of the Eucharist and early centuries of the church and, uh, uh, talk about Luther in 1523 and blah, 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 and <laughs> move on. But um, uh, the other part that I thought I wanted to, to, to jump into that I thought was interesting was it says that the 1979 Book of Common Prayer requires a sermon after the gospel at the Eucharist. Right. Uh, uh, so there is, there is a, that's, that's the reason why it's placed where it is, is because it is, is because of the Book of Common Prayer. There's the prior paragraph informs some of the history as to why that ended up becoming put in place uh, uh, there. But um, um, right. that's, was, that's the would, requirement mechanism right now. <clears throat> yeah, the Book of Common Prayer went back to a much older practice that had right. been dropped. Mm -hmm. now, yeah, because the... it, it used to be um, that sometimes the sermon would be at the very, very end of the service. Yeah. So people could literally leave after praying and not worry about hearing the sermon. 
Yeah. Um, uh, they also uh, talk about how um, the bap- at, at a baptism service, uh, the sermon may follow either the gospel or the peace, uh, which I think I have seen us at Holy Family do both versions of those over the years, um, right after the gospel and then the baptism. Or they do the baptism uh, right after the gospel and then do a sermon after the peace. Yeah, and the peace ends the baptism. So you can talk about what just happened. Right, 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 right. So I found that that to be uh, pretty interesting. But yeah. um, And okay, there's a practical reason for that. And most liturgical traditions have a practical root. Is that if when you're baptizing babies, you can they can leave the room for the sermon. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, which is why we have uh, uh, at Holy Family, don't worry. You'll be able to uh, uh, catch the sermon by way of the, the, the broadcast goes throughout the church. So yeah, throughout the building. you have to take out the crying babies, you can still catch the sermon. Yeah. And so can the, the newly baptized. Um uh, but yeah, it's a, um, that's, that, that is interesting. So yeah, I, I thought it was one of those words that like very common, basic, but the definition kind of got into some, some, some interesting, uh, dynamics that I don't think we ever think about or, or discuss and right. probably don't know. Um, um, but, uh, <laughs> and if you, many people may not care, it, right, or maybe and may not even care, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, if you do care and you want to uh, get the full uh, historical paragraph that, that I cut out, um, uh, that is on episcopalchurch.org in the library glossary section. You can find sermon um, um, and, and read all about Luther and the colonial Anglican churches in North America and uh, the rabbit hole that it goes down, uh, there, but I thought I'd do a two first and stigmata was a little, little quick. Yeah. Um, so anyways, let's, uh, it won't be a sermon, but let's move into, uh, our readings. Um, and, uh, right. maybe catch a glimpse of how the sermon or homily will, will, uh, will, will be constructed this week. Well, uh, and when, so our, when you're having right? your, you know, FaceTime, thanksgiving conversations you can practically do a sermon after listening to this podcast yeah yeah and for sure. watch everyone mute you <laughs> <laughs> i mean you're most of us many of us will be doing uh thanksgiving uh with the same people we've been doing quarantine right the whole time and and uh, very few if any other more than that and uh so uh yeah the, they probably muted us to start <laughs> Right. <laughs> tired of you in your face. Just cut the turkey. <laughs> uh, so uh, our first uh, reading here is from Isaiah chapter 64, verses 1 through 9. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down so that the mountains would quake at your presence. As when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil. To make your name known to your adversaries so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you and who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. 
But you were angry, and we sinned. Because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and are all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls you or calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us, and we have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father, we are the clay, and you are our potter. We are, are all of the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we are all your people. So, this is the first reading of the year. Right. This is the first reading of the season. Um, what it? What are we hearing in this reading? I mean, Isaiah sixty-four is the by then the third author of Isaiah, right? right? So this is Israel uh, having already returned. Um, to well, their homeland this particular piece is not they they have not yet returned if we had gotten to go one more verse um verse 10 starts your holy cities have become a wilderness zion has become a a, a wilderness jerusalem a desolation um oh. so this at least this particular lament and prayer comes from when they were still in captivity <clears throat> the the way that it's phrased though I kind, I, I kind of in my mind's eye i immediately went to this being written as they return oh well it literally could be on the road yeah because that would be an interesting i mean if if, we, if one thinks about it what a weird i mean we all watch like uh the like movies that have uh like a post-apocalyptic uh, mm-hmm. uh, feel to them, and you wa- they walk into the middle of Times Square, and it's overgrown, or you know, it, like true, those, it could be that kind of images. And you reading that—that's exactly the first thing that came to mind. And you know what a what a weird sight that must have been for those people returning home. Um, you know, a, a partially joyous experience, I suppose. Uh, uh, because they are returning home, but a, a, a bittersweet one because right. everything would have, you know, succumbed to <laughs> the elements, uh, yeah. and, and been in shambles. Uh, so it's, it's, a it's interesting, uh, uh, to, to imagine, to think of, uh, and, uh, yeah. Uh, so this, this would have been, um, Somewhere in that time period, though, so uh, as you pointed out, so they, they, they have not fully like settled and gotten to the point where they've started messing up again. <laughs> right. <laughs> or at least we're not talking about it. <laughs> yeah, not... and, and they have not started um, significant rebuilding or any of that. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, what, what, what is what is being discussed in this in this section then because it's it's a, a prayer toward god yes yeah and what what's the author asking uh asking for because i mean obviously we say do, do not be exceedingly angry o lord so there he's asking for um uh, pity patience uh kindness please don't hurt <laughs> don't be mad at us um 
but but why? But for why? Well, first of all, don't take this is one of those passages where we can all too quickly sort of fall into a six year old mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't want to be insulted, Me especially. Me, ben, but no, that's <laughs> it. Hey, look, when it's true, it's true. <laughs> but actually, this is kind of a manipulative prayer hmm. where there's an exaggerated groveling that in its very form is supposed to remind God of what God's supposed to be doing here. Oh, okay. And if, you know, if one had been able to read, um, as always, the preceding chapter and the following verses, that would have been more clear. Uh, Hmm. That the um, speaker, I'll just say Isaiah for shorthand, um, Isaiah is basically saying, Come on, God, you're better than this. <laughs> you know what to do. Um, <laughs> and what's what's cool about it is there's a presumption of relationship mm-hmm. that that the p- people of Isaiah really can talk to God this way, and they they're not going to be destroyed by God for being impotent for being so uh, pushy but mm. instead god will god will oh yeah yeah you're right i i'm i am better than this and i should restore your fortunes that's interesting because uh, yeah they, they they now that i re as you were saying that i'm trying to uh, uh definitely still listening but still also yeah, trying to reread yeah. uh, uh uh verses six and seven and 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 eight and you're you're right they definitely do like the 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 writer is the speaker here is definitely laying out like hey we're we're not capable of of doing any of these things we're 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 like a leaf we're Mm -hmm. the clay you're the potter Uh, uh, this is not within our ability to fix and uh uh and you're the one who did awesome deeds uh, who does awesome awesome deeds and uh, uh, mountains quake at your presence? You're so strong and powerful, and yeah. you're so meek and lowly. <laughs> <laughs> can't you open this jar for me? <laughs> that, yeah, can't you just uh, do the do the thing where we're supposed to go home yet? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, do that's the, it. You're do the it. thing. Okay. And um, there, and one of the interesting things is if you look at verse five, mm-hmm. um, you meet. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways, but you are angry and we sinned. Okay, we'll grant you that, God. Because you hid yourself, we transgressed. That's the punchline. Oh. You it's, weren't there to tell us no. So, really, when you think about it, it's really your fault. Yeah. yeah you, you left us with you know, knives and electrical sockets. Of course we put them in there. <laughs> right, right, right. Going back to the six-year-old's uh, yeah, six-year-old exactly. self comment. <laughs> I mean, really, can you be mad at us? We're just, we're just, uh, we're just dumb, dumb humans. You knew what was going to happen, and if you just weren't there to watch, yeah. Can I really be blamed for doing all the terrible things that uh, we did? Come on, that—that's exactly what's being expressed here. Why this verse then? <laughs> <laughs> Why this? 
why this uh, section uh, uh, for for Advent? For like I said uh, at the beginning part, uh, this is the first thing of the season, the first thing of the new year, and we're uh, we're remembering uh, the third author's <laughs> points of. Hey, really, it's not our fault. If you could just do your job and that's everything's within your power, then things would be great, just like you said they would be. <laughs> well, what what I would say, and, and you know, I'm not going to try to read the minds of the people who put this together about 30 years ago. Um, what I would say is that it's a reminder of how complex the relationship between the human race and the creator is and between any individual and God hmm. that it's, it's not, it's not all um, roses and doves coming down and, mm -hmm. but it's also not all absence either that there's, there are, there, there are seasons and times of each of these dynamics within the relationship between God and individuals and, humanity as a collective um, and so it it's to get us on the right foot mm -hmm. to make sure we're renewing our spiritual lives with a knowledge of how complex they are and that it's mm -hmm. not as simple as saying the right prayer it's not all about having good emotions having spiritual highs but it's also about <clears throat> kind of being in the nitty-gritty of everyday life and doing our best to include God in our consciousness at those moments and sometimes having hmm. this struggle over what's happening. Hmm. I think it's a very COVID scripture, to you know, very fitting for what we're doing now. Yeah. Um, um... I mean, th think about what you first said, which what was a good, you know, accurate of the, the walking in seeing into jerusalem and seeing the ruins i can't tell you how many times i've heard people say you know driving downtown with no one on the streets i thought you know it looked that's like the true. zombie apocalypse it looked that's like, true and so in some ways well, no not in some ways this is very much supposed to be a timeless scripture and here it is we're in times where it kind of looks like that things are desolate yeah yeah, and uh, um, you know, as you if you drive by uh, the church building on a Sunday, uh, uh, same kind of things. Not as not as not overtaken and and swallowed by the earth right. that I imagine uh, Jerusalem and the the surrounding territories w uh, would have looked. But uh, same kind of feel. It's definitely off. Um, yeah, the lights are out. The the, the parking lot is empty. The you know, it's it's uh, it is it is not a it is not a time of normalcy. That's for sure. So, yeah. So that's a good point, uh, especially fitting this year. So, yeah. <clears throat> and the this the last verse we have in the lectionary reading: Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we are your people. Mm. I mean, it's it's. Almost like, okay, we hear you, God, you're angry, yes, 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 but come on, we are your people. That's the main thing. And right. Isaiah's right here, that God's anger is not the most important thing, it's 
instead it's that we are all your people god is the most important thing right and, and at the end yeah, of the day it's not it was anything you throw out that's the it's the relationship that matters yeah and something i i, I need to point out is that if you look in a, in a good bible this is poetry so yeah poetry prayer and so we're not supposed to take it literally we're not supposed to take literally that god is angry but instead this is an ex exploration of how humans are experiencing god Mm -hmm. and that when things aren't going our way we think god is absent but if we really sit and ponder we find no god's not absent um it just feels that way and we wish god was doing something different mm -hmm. and be more active rather than you know basically you know how many times is the answer to the uh, prayer being be patient not yet that's true that's very true. Um, well, in light of uh, be patient, not yet, uh, <laughs> let's hurry up and go to the next. Uh... Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, is, is anything else about this before we move on? No, to this Corinthians? is a good time to move okay. on. Good deal. First uh, Corinthians is our second reading. Chapter one, verse three through nine. Grace to you and peace from our from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Jesus in Christ Jesus. For in every in every way you have been enriched in him in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, 1 Corinthians is definitely a Pauline letter, right? right? We, this is one that we definitely know to the, to the uh, community in Corinth. Um, uh, um, I don't know if people recall, but I think last week we had um uh, a discussion about uh was it ephesians yeah which was done in the style of paul and we had made the comment about how like uh he traditionally has a little bit more of a uh, of a you know regular uh um address like letter style address mm -hmm. at the beginning which we actually cut out uh, a good chunk of it in verses one and two <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, right, right. but uh, uh, it still has that feel a little bit more than uh, than Ephesians does. Grace to you and peace from God our Father uh, and the Lord Jesus Christ. But he does, if I remember right, he does talk about himself first. <laughs> yes, he does, and sets <laughs> off his qualifications, being an apostle, and um, yes, names other people that have been helping, and yeah, yeah, very Pauline yes. start. Yes, yes. Um, what, what strikes me here is uh, uh, on the reading of the first, the first reading, I had uh, made the, you know, we had had a whole discussion about how uh, all of the power resides in God in this, in, in that poem. And we're just, you know, uh, meek and lowly and, and, and don't have the uh, ability or authority to, to uh, um, make any changes or, or, or uh, accomplish the things that we're supposed to accomplish. And this section here in, in 1 Corinthians seems to tell me that uh, it, that's not quite true, uh, especially there in verse 8. It, it says, 
um, uh, or sorry, uh, where, where was it? Uh, that he was uh, in seven, uh, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. It really starts to, it, it, it points out that uh, you're a lot more involved in, than maybe Isaiah's reading <laughs> implies <laughs> in its poetry. Um, uh, it's actually God giving you the strength it's not so much God doing right all the work uh, for you. So it kind of then tilts that that concept back uh, a little bit more to um, equal footing between the two parties. Yeah, and it's good to keep both these in mind. It's, I'm, right. Yeah, the two of these are make a great meditation on what our relationship with God should be and with people around us. Right. Um, so now I noticed that... Um, Sometimes when we start uh, um, at the beginning part of a book, <clears throat> it's done because we're going to go through the book. Um, I think that's mostly um, the season after Pentecost that, that has right. a tendency to happen. Uh, and and in, here in Advent, this is, you know, it's not the case that we're going to then continue on in First Corinthians and this is just kind of a setup. Yeah. So... Um, any, any insight as to why this opening part of the letter uh, is then chosen for Advent? Is it just because uh, of the way that, that, that it sums up uh, this relationship, which is what kind of, in a way, what we're going to explore here in Advent? Um, yes. And, it, and it's the first Sunday, so it kind of is fitting uh, to be that introductory statement for the, for the, the season? Yes, and also... Uh, First Corinthians is considered by a lot of folks to be one of the better letters. Corinthians? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. One of the better letters in of all the letters in the New Testament. And mm. these verses are the summary of the content of First Corinthians. Mm. So you, you get every major theme that Paul will go into great detail on at times. That's um, true. The spiritual gifts, uh, uh, and, and okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. And so that, yeah, so that, that, that's why we're getting it now is here's a summary of what the walk of a Christian is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, 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 it definitely does. And I don't know if the, the mindset of, uh, God's people, um, in the old Testament did reside, uh, kind of, in the, the style and feel of that Isaiah reading where it was uh, the, the, the scales of the relationship were very much tilted and uh, um, uh, all the action was on the part of God and the um, living through it, <laughs> it was kind of on the, on, on God's people. But the, the um, clearly, at least through Paul's uh, point of view, um Christ coming to earth and the the Christ story makes the footing a lot more level. Uh, and um, there is, there's a much more, at least in, in contrast between these two, two uh, 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 readings, there's a lot more action implied um, on the part of God's people in, 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 in his viewpoint. Uh, which is the one that has survived really uh, um, for us. Things don't just happen to us. We, we are a lot more involved in the relationship. Well, it depends. Actually, it depends what corner of Christianity you're in. Mm, okay. Because there are certainly 
um, some Christians who think every single thing on earth is totally controlled by God and would be very comfortable with the section of Isaiah we had today and mm. are not so comfortable with the idea that they themselves have any individual responsibility for carrying out God's will. Um, I mean, the extreme example of that is um, the, the bizarre concept of predestination in terms of whether one's going to heaven or not. Mm. That you know, God is so powerful that God already knows whether or not someone's going to heaven by from the moment they're born. Uh, and you spend your life just trying to discover whether or not you're one of the elect or not. It's a detective. Your life is a detective yeah. puzzle. I mean, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a, to me, it's a crazy concept that Calvin came up with. I, I think it's one of those examples of human logic failing to deal with grace. Um, mm. And mm -hmm. that God's not governed by as many rules as we think existence is governed by. Um, mm. But that that's turning into a tangent. So I'll circle back. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to answer your question a little more by you know there are about 600 years uh, between the isaiah passage and this corinthians passage and certainly by the time that jesus was born there the the theology and um, ethics of judaism was that you were you were the the hands of god in the world around you and hmm. Um, sometimes they get off track just like Christians do by having so many rules about how to do that, that grace was pushed out. Uh, but, um, yeah, Paul, Paul and was very much in continuity with mainline Jewish religious practice and belief, um, mm -hmm. and just about everything he wrote. Mm. Um, what else, what else do we want to say about this First uh, Corinthians readings? I feel like so often it's the the, the New Testament reading is is like, yep, that that verse says what it says. <laughs> and nothing wrong with that. The one thing, no. the one thing I'll point out is that those of you who uh, might know First Corinthians well, you'll note that as he gives thanks for these various things, he's buttering them up to criticize them about these various things. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like when you're telling your 14 year old you can do math you're great at math now start the homework knowing the child's going to struggle with math so so uh so yeah he does the compliment sandwich right yeah like we're you, you know you're so great uh or like you know you're you you have you're strengthened by our lord jesus christ you have all these spiritual gifts you're not using them though Grace and peace be with you. <laughs> well, and even the... Live in prosperity. Um, and part of what he also criticizes them about is that they don't take seriously or um, maybe don't even believe that they really are filled with the grace of God. That yeah. instead they have fallen into a um, pattern of thought and life view that they are the reason good things are happening it's their skill sets and their abilities ah. um, that's one of the reasons they're not sharing their wealth with the poor even within the congregation and not sharing their food at the potlucks and things like that because they've earned that food right um, instead of seeing it as a gift from god huh 
Yeah. So yeah, that's that's an interesting that's that's interesting that that that's his um that's the reason why he 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 focuses in on spiritual gifts because it's a it's an attempt to essentially take that away from from them yeah uh, like no no these are given to you <laughs> yeah you didn't, they're, you didn't really they're earn them gifts they're not That's payment right. <laughs> and they're not really yours <laughs> yeah yeah they're not merit badges you've earned right which all too often has how is how christians see things hmm yeah yeah but, you know i i have what i have because wrong. i've done good deeds mm-hmm. no you have what you have because of the grace of god well, uh, let's move on to uh, Mark chapter 13, yep. verse 24 through 37. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things take place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but in but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Be uh, Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he le- leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore keep awake. For you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at the cock crow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. Um, we're uh, just, I, I know in, <clears throat> in, in this year, we're going to be in Mark and, what would you say, Luke, right? John. John. Thank you. Sorry. Um, and so, uh, we're not really, I mean, we're kind of jumping here in the middle, right? <laughs> so we're not, we're, we're not getting the, we're, we're not going to go along, um, chronologically uh, line by or line. page yeah, by yeah. page, right? The, the, this whole section is in quotes. I assume this is Christ talking. It's very, right. uh, 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 Christ like, uh, language here. Um, what is going on in the context of this story? Who is he talking to? Um, he's talking to the disciples. And okay. this is just before um, he's arrested. This is shortly before um, he's arrested. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, shortly before the Last Supper type events. And mm-hmm. then the um, arrest and death. I mean, this is chapter 13, and there are only two more chapters left. Uh, Okay. So this is the home stretch for the Gospel of Mark. And it's it's a fascinating piece. And one thing to keep in mind is Mark, we are 
we can be pretty sh darn sure of is the first of the gospels to be written down and distributed okay and that's one reason we think it's the shortest is that frankly the other gospels were kind of written in response and saying mark left out these parts that are so important. oh okay um, that makes sense yeah and uh, yeah and, and in fact one of the reasons we pair mark and john together is that increasingly scholars believed john the writer of john had a copy of the gospel of mark in front of him and it's quite clear that matthew and luke had a copy of the gospel of mark in front of them because they use word for word um copying of what mark says so this is the shortest and earliest gospel and okay this is going to sound a little weird but mark didn't know what he was doing <laughs> i mean and do any of us <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yeah so this was a complete act of faith by the author of mark and we that yeah i you know i've never done this before what what do i what should i put in this story what should i tell about right. jesus so that will be remembered through all time and one of the things that mark uh did was place just before jesus's final suffering and his death these words about the end of time uh-huh and much like the book of revelation which has very connected themes he's writing very poetically about what's happening right around him. Uh, Mark was written around the year 70 AD. So the revolution against the Romans was in its um, beginning, its failure stage. Uh, okay. That the triumphs that the Jewish armies had experienced were now being pushed back. And hmm. the temple is being, is the process of being destroyed jerusalem is being ransacked um massacres are occurring and so mark of what mark feels is and he's right is important for his immediate audience and to this day is what do you do with the reality of life around you when evil seems to be triumphant right is when that it's all falling apart is that a reflection of what's happening in the cosmos or is that just a right now event right and the, these verses very much say it's just right now right there's right. other things that are going to be happening that you can't even imagine um and yeah it seems it seems like it's all ending now but um i can understand that it then his point is that you you need to you need to behave as though you have it wrong. Right? I mean, like, it, if it feels like it's the end of the right, world. Right, You need to behave as if that's not going to be happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And what Mark does, and presumably what Jesus did, as he taught this, was Jesus pulled from some of the, the prophets who wrote this way in the Hebrew Scriptures, um, Daniel and Isaiah and Joel and Ezekiel particularly so people would have the listeners would have been thinking to themselves oh yeah we've been through this before 
We went through this right. 600 years ago. We went through this 200 years ago. And, okay, we're going through it now, but we don't know what 600 years from now is going to be or what 200 years from now is going to be. It'll be different. Right. Nothing new under the sun. Yeah, yeah. As it were. And yeah. understandably, human nature is whatever's happening right now is the worst thing ever. I mean, because it's the worst right. thing that's ever happened to me as a living, breathing human being. But if we look back in history, we can often find similar events. And the world did continue. It wasn't the end of time. And so that's part of what Jesus is trying to give us um, strength for, is that we're, when we're in COVID times, when we're in um, terrible other kinds of times, nope, that's not the end. It's There's life after this. Um, the word of God will not pass away. And so keep going. Hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it is interesting that this then gets picked uh, to be put with uh, these other two readings. Uh, again, because it's kind of, in a way, the first Sunday of Advent uh, is is to strike a tone, right? right. Um, which on the surface seems like a very strange tone to be striking. Um, maybe at like first blush, just because like, Oh man, you know, this is the season right before we get into like Christmas and like all this joyous you know, <laughs> stuff. This is, this language is dark. Yeah. <laughs> and, and why are we talking about the end of the world when we're about to talk, talk about the, the beginning of, of Christ's life on earth and, and uh, all the joy that that comes with uh, the the you know fulfilling of a of a prophecy and and uh, it, it seems at first blush uh, kind of kind of uh, out of place. Uh, but I guess first and foremost, we should point out that Advent isn't Advent and Christmas are are are, are not while they're tethered together, they're not the same season. Right. So it, it they they are different seasons and. Uh, it, it, in a way, it's kind of an interesting style choice of how, how, uh, how best to understand the joy of the beginning, than to uh, maybe understand the fear and anxiety uh, enshrouding the end. And um, I just want to interrupt to to play with what you just said. There's also the dimension of the way to deal with the fear and the anxiety about the season of Christmas is to find the joy in the end of time mm -hmm. that, you know, you and I both know people that have been way emotionally challenged by having to quarantine, isolate that sort of thing over the past months. And yeah. So they certainly aren't going to be part of the group of people that appear on social media with their latest bread recipe. That is such a joyous delight for the four people in their household. Right. And right. so in the same way, often when there's great joy expected, there's quite a bit of anxiety about not being joyful enough, not that this isn't going to be the best Christmas ever. And so... Hmm. Part of what Advent does is try to help us as individuals and as a church refocus so that we know 
what our ultimate fate is. And that mm -hmm. if we keep one eye on heaven, it's easier to see the, the beauty on earth and also to keep it in perspective. That if we don't give someone the perfect gift right now at Christmas, that's okay because Jesus is the perfect gift and that's already been given and will be given even more whenever it is that person we love is experiencing heaven. Hmm. Very well put. A very, very, uh, a very <laughs> timely uh, viewpoint. Uh, so very, very well done there. I don't know as if I could do any better uh, on <laughs> wrapping up our, our session here. Uh, so unless there's anything else. I'll quit while I'm ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and 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 I, I will say uh, to be clear, uh, as you said, we both know people. I, I, I can't speak for you, but every now and again, I am that person. Oh yeah, uh, so, yeah, that <laughs> so, yeah, the, that person's uh, in the mirror. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes. Uh, uh, so it is. It is. Uh, 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 I do want to make sure that we're 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 careful to to point out that uh, it's not so much, it's not a criticism of anyone that, anybody it's a we, that we not know. A you. Yeah. It, it is very much a we and, and very much a, a collective we as well, mm -hmm. uh, simultaneously. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, this is, this has been, uh, uh, a very, uh, a, a, a very, um, different year and, uh, in many ways unenjoyable <laughs> and, yeah. but there are many aspects of it that if we, think about it carefully and we look at it uh there there are there there are uh, um spots of joy in this uh that that can be found and and i like it i, I like that viewpoint um well then with that we will uh conclude this your podcast for the first sunday of advent november 29th 2020 we want to thank you for joining us uh today uh, we encourage you to uh check out our our website hfec.org uh, uh, still a, a bunch of things going on. There's still a, a ton of contact uh, content there, and be on the lookout um, um, specifically there and our newsletter for uh, things coming up the, the, this season. There's always uh, opportunities for for to, to do things for uh, those of us, uh, uh, th those that we surround ourselves with, and, and people within our community. There are needs that we uh, we still t uh, always try to to meet. So there will be opportunities to uh, be involved in some of those efforts as we get into full swing of the holiday season starting really this week. Um, right. Uh, so uh, be on the lookout for that. Our videos are on uh, YouTube at HFEC Videos. A fantastic, I should have said it at the top of the hour, a, a fantastic uh, uh, farewell send-off uh, this past Sunday uh, for our dearly, dearly loved uh, Deacon Kathy, uh, uh, who, who is enjoying a, a new call. And, uh, and uh, um, we... we we're, we got to, but we were also forced to say goodbye <laughs> this Sunday. Yeah. Um, uh, it was both a blessing and, and a very, uh, a very, very sad time as well. Uh, all simultaneous, as many great events are. Uh, right. <laughs> happy and sad all at once. Um, uh, but uh, be sure to check that out. Uh, there's a, a, an excellent uh, um, uh, thank you video that, that is a part of that, uh, this past Sunday service uh, to, in, in, and Thanksgiving of uh, Deacon Kathy's uh, service at Holy Family, which was eight, was it eight years? More than nine. I, I, more than nine, yeah. almost a, almost a, almost 10 years. Yeah. So 
um, uh, we we hope that she received as well as she gave <laughs> during that uh, right. uh, during that period of time. I can only hope uh, that uh, the, that uh, we were able to give her uh, as much joy as she gave us. Uh, so I also wanted to give that thank you thank you to her on this podcast. Definitely, um, me too. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, but yeah, the the videos on hfec.org. And as always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, uh, just want to say hi, you can email us at shortcut at hfec.org as well. And don't uh, forget, our all our worship is online. And we have, yes. oh, you can see the videos on the YouTube channel or be part of the live Facebook watch party Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. Uh, the link is on that holyfamilyfishers.org website. Yeah, I was I was just about to ask you anything to plug, but you did. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so with that, uh, uh, we we thank you for joining us today, uh, and until next week, I'm Ben, and I'm Bruce, and we'll talk to you then. Bye bye. Bye.